The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Welcome back to Becky Well Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and J-Rod here with you. It's the Labor Day edition of BetQL Daily. We are continuing our conversation about college football and some of our key week one takeaways before we look ahead to week two. We'll also be talking about Clemson at Duke in a little bit happening tonight. Uh, Tage Seth from Sumer Sports uh, brought up some interesting research after looking at Uh, nearly all of the games of week one when it comes to how the clock rules have changed what we've watched and how maybe we need to be thinking about totals and spreads differently. Back in 2022, we averaged 131 plays per game. This year, we're down to 117. So we've lost 14 plays. We've also lost a little more than two drives per game, almost two and a half drives per game. And then plays per drive, uh, they're relatively steady uh, from 5.5 down to 5.4. So now the question, J-Rod, is, okay, so we have fewer plays, we have fewer drives. What does this mean in terms of points? And is there an actual number that we can quantify? To me, this is something that is really interesting because how many points will a 2023 average offense in college football score versus, say, last year? Because these things do fluctuate some. Ultimately, you know, doing a little bit of math and looking how others uh, are putting things together, it's probably going to be a matter of, say, three to four to five points somewhere in that neighborhood. And certainly getting an exact number matters here. But I also think when it comes to market adjustments, this is something that we're looking for. This is something that is easily quantifiable and something that the market should be able to pounce upon just as well as, you know, any data scientist can. So if you're trying to find an edge and you're trying to bet on a bunch of unders for week two, I almost feel like the market will adjust to this relatively quickly. And it might be better to swing the other way and start hunting for overs. Yeah. And also, I think we have such a small sample size, Ed, in the sense that, I mean, just look at the games. We had one, we had Oregon score 81 points. We had two 70-point games. We had a handful of 60-point games. That's one team scoring those points. So I think it's it's 
you know, week one is a tough one because for a lot of these schools that go and play the big name schools, this is how they get a new arena built. This is how they get a new student center built. So they go, they take their lumps, they take their money, they take their million bucks to go play USC or go play Oregon. And now they can build a new arena on, on campus. Um, so it's, it's hard to quantify after week one, you know, when, when you say, oh, maybe we, you know, everyone say, oh, the clock is running, we should bet unders. Well, I see Oregon put up 81. I see two teams score 70. So I think maybe as we get to week two, definitely as we get to week three and, and in conference play, I think then we start to see the market adjusting. Um, I, I still say if it, I still say we hit those overs. Uh, and, and see what happens. I'm, I'm more interesting how you saw USC, for example, week one, not cover against San Jose State and then blow the doors off Nevada. That was more of an interesting team. Like, how did that happen? You know, and maybe Lincoln Riley got on them and they rolled up 66 on Nevada. Um, I think that's how, what I want to see more of, of, of the edge that teams have against these non-traditional, non-powerhouse schools. I think the I think the over/under. I think that will sort of adjust itself as we as the season progresses. It, it should, and the market always figures things out, right? Like it's this incredibly efficient thing that ultimately you know, figures out what all of the factors are, adjust accordingly. Specifically when it comes to USC, a lot of that is just strength strength of schedule more than anything else. Because what we did see, uh, you know, from say those folks who did play a week zero contest and then move on to week one is for the most part, a bit of a downtick. One thing that I was hunting down in terms of week one spreads was trying to find a week zero team and then fade them. Because I think some folks believe that, okay, if you have a game under your belt, you know who you are, you have your identity, you can gel a little bit better. And that's just not true. When you look historically (laughs) at teams that get a game in before week one, they tend to underperform because that week one opponent that hasn't played yet, they now have game film. They know something about their opponent, and it's not vice versa. You look at ATS and things like that, and Bob Stoll's talked about this extensively, it, it is lopsided in favor of the team that hasn't played yet. And so even though USC kind of bucked that trend or they bucked that trend, I looked at that and thought, okay, well, how much worse is say Nevada? We're not quite sure yet, but it is something where USC's defense is ultimately going to dictate how far they get when it comes to potentially winning the Pac-12, making the college football playoff, things like that. Caleb Williams should be relatively consistent, but it may be something where the defense needed a little bit of time to figure itself out and uh, giving up explosive plays that may be volatile from one week to the next. And so this may just be an inconsistent defense for USC. And we may just just have to get used to that to where they may have some outstanding performances against great quarterbacks and then they might stink the following week and so it'll be a fun roller coaster ride uh down in LA that I can assure you as far as some of the young quarterbacks we saw in college football especially those who are playing for programs that could very well contend for a college football playoff spot they all look good now granted they're facing weaker competition but folks like Jalen Milrow at Alabama and Carson Beck for Georgia, they all looked fantastic. And I wonder if maybe we need to start making simple assumptions that because of the health of these programs, that the quarterbacks are going to be in positions to succeed. Yeah, I think it's a combination of it's a track record game for me. If a school, if a coach has done it before, 
as they reload, not necessarily rebuild, as they reload, I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, and that's why you play these, 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 these pretty much these lower level teams who are maybe getting an exposure for the first time against a major college powerhouse. So you can have success. So you can see, you can experiment things. You can see what your, what your uh, young player can do in the actual game situation because we all know practice is way different than, than actual game speed and, it, and it's a chance to to sort of see what what the future's got I, I like what they did in miami here for example tyler van dyke uh, they took him out after the third quarter they were up uh 38 to 3 on miami of ohio and they brought in a kid why not got, got him some significant reps in the fourth quarter so i think that's what you want to do and again i will believe a coach like a saban and in a program like alabama you give me a young guy there and I will believe it, just like I believe uh, Debo Sweeney in, in, in Clemson. You've done it before. You've done it multiple times. I believe you, and I, and, and I will not necessarily fade you uh, over the long haul. Even a program like Georgia, for instance, we don't necessarily talk about their quarterbacks, at least the last few of them, as elite gunslingers, as elite right. game managers necessarily, even though Georgia's – you know, looking for a three-peat here. Uh, but at the same time, you know, and Stetson Bennett, you know, was drafted in the fourth round. So, I mean, there's something to him. But I also would say that offense, offensive performances and offensive metrics for Georgia, they've largely been really, really good over the last several years under Kirby Smart. And so you don't necessarily need to have a household name at quarterback, but you need to have an outstanding infrastructure, outstanding play design, play caller, those kinds of things. And then it will largely work out. And while college football is really, really top-heavy in terms of overall quality, the powerhouse programs, they know how to recruit. And even if you don't know who the quarterback is, chances are they will be more than ready by week one. And we saw that when it came to Alabama, Jalen Milrow, 13 of 18, 194 yards, three touchdowns. He rushed for 48 and two more scores against MTSU. Carson Beck's mobility will be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, not an elite quarterback rating for him, but 21 to 31, 294 yards and a touchdown. It is funny when you look at, say, the Heisman standings, J-Rod, that a lot of these guys who are new but playing for elite programs, they all seem to be hovering around the 30 to 1 area when it comes to the Heisman. And I don't know if that's just a lazy number to put out there because a lot of folks are 30 to 1, but I, but I am curious if, say, one of them can stand out and there is some value anywhere, or it's just one week, and they'll pro you'll probably get the same number after a couple of more games. Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're in we're in the volatile stage of futures. You know, a guy has a good game, boom, he shoots up to 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 ten to one. A guy has a bad game, he shoots down. I I think right about week three, week four, that's when we start seeing who's who, and then you could start looking at that badly because if a guy's a good quarterback, he's a good quarterback. Um, and, and just to, to finish off the point for like the Georgias and the Alabamas, remember those, those young quarterbacks we may not know are going up some elite pro NFL defenses every day in practice. So I think they're, they're learning so much in those practices that when it comes time to the game, the game seems a lot easier. Can you imagine Stetson Bennett, how easy he made things look on, on the collegiate level because he was going up against that, that stout defense every day in practice. So you're, you're just bound to, to do well. And, hey, Stetson Bennett may be the QB1 when it's all said <laughs> and done in Inglewood this year for the Rams. 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, <laughs> that's possible. Uh, but you, you do make a really good point when it comes to uh, Stetson Bennett facing that elite Georgia defensive practice. He may have been sweating a good bit more during the week than he did on the weekend. <laughs> And hey, you know what? Uh, that that builds character. Iron sharpens iron, or whatever they right. say. Like all well, the game seems pretty here. easy at that point when you're going up against Jalen Carter and all those guys every day. Yeah, no kidding. You aren't kidding. Uh, by the way, uh, how many years has Tyler Van Dyke been at Miami for? It feels like he's been there for uh, a good half a century now. Right? You know, they it's it, it's it's we we call it we call it you know we have like we have Cuban people time because we're always we're always mm-hmm. about ten minutes late to everything. I think we have Cuban people calendars is when it comes to the University of Miami as well. You know, yeah, no, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Right. Like whatever years of eligible, it doesn't matter. He'll he'll be there as long as he needs to be there, and then uh, sure, Miami will be sure. uh, just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just good. Yeah, just fine. Let's talk be about nice, uh, tonight's nice. game. Uh, yeah uh let's talk about tonight's game uh between Clemson and Duke uh Tigers are on the road but they are 13 point favorites here Kate Klubnik Klubnik uh new quarterback uh for the Tigers going up against uh, a rather experienced group in Duke what's your handicap for this one 
You know, it's so funny because we just talked about, you know, a guy like a Dabu Sweeney, you know, I believe that, that he, he's won with quarterbacks. So I believe he can win again because he knows how to do it. I would be more than curious and I would take Duke on a first half line, maybe laying a touchdown. Maybe they get out. Maybe Clemson gets out of the garage. Maybe they stumble out a little slowly at first. Then they recoup at halftime and, and become the Clemson we think. But I'm, I'm leaning toward taking Duke. Uh, laying seven, seven and a half, depending on where you're shopping in that first half. I think Clemson may get off to a small, uh, a slow start. Well, it's interesting. You have a new offensive coordinator at Garrett Riley for Clemson. Uh, mentioned the, the new quarterback, things like that. And I mentioned the experience for the Blue Devils, 19 returning starters, including quarterback Riley Leonard, who does provide some mobility. Something about Duke with mobile quarterbacks. I don't know what it is, but we have a, <laughs> a, a two sample sample size. And so now we're going to conclude a trend based upon uh, he and Daniel Jones. But I look at this and I have a lot of faith in both quarterbacks. And while Clemson's defense should still be really good, uh, you look at, say, uh, defensive success rate. Uh, they were 21st against the run, but they were 79th against the pass a season ago. I, I look at this and say, if, say, Riley Leonard is able to throw the ball with elite accuracy and he's able to find some open guys and, you know, there's enough offensive continuity to suggest that they can, this could be an overplay for me. And while this running clock is something where it's the final game of week one and I'm still hammering unders, this is one where I, I have a lot of faith in Klubnik. I feel like he can be a Heisman contender because I think he could be in the best position of all of these newcomers. But I also think Duke's offense can put up some points here. And it may yeah. be something where it's, it's not so much that I think that Klubnik will struggle a little bit or they'll be slow coming out of the gates, though it's not a bad play, I don't think. I, I do believe that both offenses can hang some points. This might be a very similar game like we saw Sunday night. Something about ACC offenses, baby. That's what we're going to get all season long. Right. But right. this is not an overwhelming total for me. I really like the over. Yeah, and I and I love a second half over. We you know shop around where you can get that. I think those were those adjustments come in, and I think at that point you know who you are, you know what went wrong in that first half. I love a second half over in that game as well. Total is fifty five and a half. That's a modest number. I don't think that's too much to ask when it comes to betting on an over. So I, I think that's just fine. Again, Clemson, 13-point favorites. If you want to bet on Duke on the money line, it's plus 375. I would not go that far because I think Clemson no. really is a, a title contender. And I, I do think they are in that top tier in the ACC up there with Florida State. One other observation I have about just quarterback play in general from week one when it comes to, say, quarterback rating, which ESPN has uh, its own proprietary metric, you look at some of the guys who performed really well there. Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma had one of the higher QBRs of the weekend. Cincinnati's Emory Jones also did really, really well. I'm wondering when it comes to the status of the Big 12, if Oklahoma separated itself and maybe Cincinnati is a bit of a dark horse. Yeah, I think I think, I think the season will will. will, will, will we'll play that out but i think those are great possible picks for next week and as we go down the line passing yards touchdowns great names to keep in mind 
This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's BetQL Court and Wine. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.